are welcome to Faith to Faith broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Colossians 1. I'm going to read from verse 1 through to 6, and then we'll just see how it goes. Hallelujah. If you came here sick, you're already healed. Amen. Amen. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Was he praying? Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love which ye have to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Whereof you heard before. In the word of truth of the gospel. Verse 6, let's read it together. Which is come unto you as is in all the world. And bringeth forth fruit. As it doth also in you, since the day you heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. Permit me to read to you the New King James Version, because I wanted to remove all the uh, dots. Okay, thank you. Let's read together, I want to go. Which has come to you, as it has also in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit, as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. What is the thing that has come to you? What has come to you? Go back to verse 5 so you see what has come to you. Verse 5 says, Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before, in the what? In the word of truth of the gospel. Amen. In the word of truth of the gospel. Ever say the word of truth of the gospel. Verse 6. Which is come unto you. Glory to God. It has come. And then he said, as it has also in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit. It means that the gospel is meant to bring forth fruit. Hallelujah. In the life of the one that heard it. This month, your life will be a testimony like the church in Colossae. Amen. Where the word of truth of the gospel came to them and it brought forth fruit. It means that the word of truth of the gospel is a seed. Amen. Glory to God. Because it has the capacity to produce fruits. When it is planted in the soil of your heart, no one can sit 
and hear the word of truth of the gospel, as the scripture called it. And it won't produce fruit. This month is your month of fruits. Now, let me explain something to you. It is important that you understand when the scripture talks about fruit. First of all, what is a fruit? Hallelujah. What is a fruit? What is a fruit? You know, most of the time, when you read your Bible, you discover that the Bible itself gives a definition of what the Bible is talking about. Hallelujah. But when the scripture used the word fruit, it is implying that there should be yield, results, outcomes, produce, consequences, permit me to use that word, of the word in your life. There should be an effect. Amen. That means that any time God's word comes into a man's life, it comes to produce a result. Amen. So, when we say this month is our month of fruit, we're saying it's a month where there will be results from the word of God in our lives. That means the word will produce what it talks about in your life. Amen. The word will produce what it talks about in your life. When you hear God's word, it has the capacity to produce fruit. In the church in Colossae, what he was saying, which has come to you as it has also in all the world. That means everywhere this word of truth went to, it produced fruit. Has it come to you? So what will happen? Amen. No, no, I I didn't hear you. The scripture is saying, Now, let me put it this way. The scripture is boasting about what the word of truth can do. Amen. It is boasting about what the gospel can do. It is telling you that this gospel has produced fruit in the life of the church in Colossae. It has produced fruit in all the world. Now it has come to you. What will it do? It will do what it always does. Amen. To the one that hears it. Glory to God. To the one that pays attention to it. That means that the gospel will have an effect. There will be an outcome from you or through you that will show that the gospel landed in your heart. Amen. Am I communicating? Now, you know, there are some things that are very important. If you understand God's attitude towards unfruitfulness, you will never want to be associated with unfruitfulness. If you understand God's attitude towards unproductivity, you will never want to be associated with that. Let's look at John chapter 15 verse 16. 
In John 15, 16, Jesus was the one speaking there. Go back to KJV, King James Version. I'd like us to read it together. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Now listen. What he's saying is that there was a purpose for choosing you. There's something he had in mind. Let me put it this way. There's an expectation that God had when he chose you, when he called you. The first thing I want to say is this. Fruitfulness is God's expectation of you. Amen. Fruitfulness. Say it. Fruitfulness is God's expectation of me. Amen. Because he had made an investment in your life. His word is a seed. And when he plants his word, he expects fruit from it. You are not the one that decided that you will produce fruit. God chose you. Amen. You know what it means? It's just like, um, you were selected. Amen. You. 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 You are for fruit. Amen. Amen. Hello. I said you. 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 You are for what? To produce fruit. Now when God uses the term chosen and ordained, Ordained is a strong word. Hallelujah. Ordained. To ordain someone. This, this ordination and appointment are similar, but ordination inclines, is inclined towards the spiritual. Amen. Someone can be appointed into an office. Government office, politics. But they don't say he's ordained into the office. Amen. But when God says ordained, remember he told Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the womb, I ordained thee. Ordination means that there are certain, I am a pastor because I was ordained. Amen. Ordained. It means there are certain sacerdotal and priestly rights that have been conferred on me. So God is saying that now all of you, you listening to me, God had ordained you to do what? To bear fruit. Anybody God ordains, He makes heaven resources available for the person to fulfill His ordination. Lift your hands and say, I've been ordained to bear fruit. Okay, let me put it this way. You've been ordained to be fruitful. Amen. This month, refuse to be anything else apart from fruitful.
Help me tell your neighbor, answer your ordination. <laughs> Amen. To be ordained means that hands have been laid on you. Amen. That means God is saying, He said, I, you didn't choose me. It's not, you didn't come to me and say, Lord, choose me. No, no. I chose you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. I call that lasting results. Amen. Listen. God does not separate. We are the ones that do secular and spiritual. Hello. God doesn't see it that way. Everything God does, He pours into your spirit. Amen. Now, in your secular job, if you are living from your spirit, that in your spirit will affect your secular job. Amen. That means that if fruitfulness is in your spirit, it will show in your office. It will show in your school. Amen. Am I communicating? It's not just about when you are handling church things. You are ordained to be fruitful. So you write exams and you pass. You start a business. It works. Amen. Are you listening to me? Something comes out of it. Say, I'm ordained to be fruitful. Say, fruitfulness is God's expectation of me. Amen. Understand that. If, if, if you didn't um, get anything, just get that. There's a scripture, Jesus was speaking. I'll just mention two scriptures. It should be Matthew 12. Um, let's look at verse 33. Thank you. In Matthew 12, 33, 33, he says, now, so I was talking about something before there, but for sake of time, I'll just read the verse. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit what? Corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. Amen. There's an account in Luke about that. There's an account in, in Mark about that. Now, it, for the tree is known by his fruit. Okay, some of you know the popular one that we use religiously. By their fruits you shall know them. You know that one? How you know a tree is by the fruit it bears. Is that not so? How you know a, a tree is by the fruit that it bears. In short, the tree answers the name of the fruit it bears. Am I communicating? It's called a mango tree because it bears mango fruit. It's called uh, an orange tree because it bears orange fruit. So I want to make a point. Your fruit is your identity. 
Your fruit is your identity. If success is coming out, that's your identity. If victory is coming out, that's your identity. So, manifest your identity this month. Amen. Glory to God. Manifest your identity this month. Your fruit is your identity. And listen to me. This month, your true identity will show. Glory to God. In your office, in school, everywhere. Someone doesn't come and see, uh, the leaves look like mango. But what's coming out is guava. No. The important thing is, uh, what you say is that, look at this guava tree that looks like a mango tree. You are still calling it what the fruit is. The identity is given by the fruit it bears. This month, if I come and look at what you are doing, what will I call you? Amen. Amen. No, no. Let, let, let's start from that row. If I come and look at what you are doing, what will I call you? Amen. You will name it. If I come and look at what you are doing, what will I call you? Okay, let's see who will get that. If, if I come and look at what you are doing, what will I call you? If, if, if I come and look at you, what will I call you? Listen. If you are a man that all things are possible, amen, the fruit from your life will be possibilities. Amen. So when I look at what is coming out of you? What will I call you? <laughs> You'll be able to say, this man, nothing is impossible for him. Nothing is impossible. You know, there are times where people can just look at someone and give up on the person. You know, ah, yeah, this one, he's down, he's finished. I, I have a friend, you know, he's a minister of the gospel. You know, there are people that can enter trouble, you know, you know that people like that? Always getting into trouble. Always getting into trouble. At the point, they don't even know, when you call them, they don't even know which trouble you're calling them for. Because, you know, like, um, uh, which one? I don't know. Which one? Is it the one that happened last week? Is it the one that happened? You know, they don't even know which one. I had a friend like that. So, from, I, I get a question from time to time. Where people ask me, is he still there? More like, is he alive? Is a minister. So, is he still in ministry? Because this is how he's doing ministry. My description of it. Watch me now. <laughs> Are you understanding me? That's how he's doing ministry. You say, you're so far, you're so far. You come 10 years later, he's still, he's still there. Amen. <laughs> Amen. When we knew him before, we were always like, hey, 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 don't. After I discovered that, that's his destiny. <laughs> Amen. That's how his own is. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Believe him. Now, 
I said that for a reason. Because people ask me, is he still there? I said, of course. He's still preaching. <laughs> so I tell him sometimes, I say, people thought you have expired. Amen. If people thought your own had finished with what happened in 2018, this year, they will still hear your voice. You will still show up. So, your fruit is your identity. Glory to God. Alright? Say it. My fruit is my identity. Glory to God. So, it means that this year, especially in this month, when I come and look at you, and see what you are doing, and how it is working, it will reflect who you really are. Amen. In the name of Jesus. John 15 verse 2. In John 15 2, I'm just trying to make points. I will teach on it in the course of the month. Alright? So, every branch in me, Jesus was the one speaking. He had said earlier in verse 1, I am the true vine and my father is a husband, man. That's the verse 1. He said, I'm the true vine and father is the husband man. Husband man means vine dresser. Husband man means gardener. Husband man means the one that keeps the garden. Amen. Okay. So, it's not husband man. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, it's good to write husband man because these days husband is woman. Amen. In some countries. Amen. As husband woman and wife man. So, amen. But that's not what the scripture is talking about. He's saying he's the gardener. Verse 2, which is my scripture. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, what does he do? He purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. Amen. That means that what makes the branch relevant is the fruit it bears. If there is no fruit on it, it is not useful. Amen. Are you understanding me? It's not fulfilling its purpose. Because his relationship with the branch is based on the fruit that is on it. Your fruit is your relevance. Write that down. Your fruit is your relevance. Say it with me. Say, my fruit is my relevance. Glory to God. Your fruit is your relevance. Did you get that? So, you must bear fruit. <laughs> Let me just touch on a sensitive thing here. And then I'll close for today. I can't wait to teach on this extensively. Thank you, Lord. You know, the scripture said, every branch in me. Remember, I said, I'm the true vine. Um, the way we understand it is that he's the stem. And then we are the branches. You understand that? Okay. But what I want to show you is this. 
normally, fruit does not grow on the stem. It grows on the branches. Is that not so? So if he's saying you are the branches, he's saying you are the fruit-bearing path of God. Amen. That means that God's fruits show on you. Amen. Glory to God. You are the fruit-bearing path of the vine. Say, I am the fruit-bearing path of the vine. Say it again. I am the fruit-bearing path of the vine. Glory to God. Amen. You know, that's why the Bible, if you read the book of Isaiah, you know, um, you, some of you know Isaiah 61, it now talks about making us trees of righteousness. That's another teaching for another day. You are the fruit-bearing part of the vine. But I want to deal with, take it away. Amen. Amen. Everybody say, take it away. You know, when we were, when were younger, and they were teaching us addition and subtraction, then they say, five, take away two. And that makes it clear for a young person. You understand that? It was a five minus two. Minus doesn't register and they say, take away two. What do you have left? Say three. There are some children, you have to use cake, biscuit. Five biscuits, if I take two. If you just say five and two, they won't understand. But you say five biscuits, you take two. Why will you take two? <laughs> say, no, 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 at least I will take two. What if I take two? Don't take two. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. You know, children could be, you know, some children are amazing. Glory to God. Some children are amazing. Really, really amazing. As I'm talking, I'm remembering a child. I went to Bayosa, Yenegua, some years back for a program. So they brought, how old was he then? Maybe four or five. I'm not sure how old he was then. Four? It was four then. Okay. So they brought him to the room. His mother and others came to see me, you know. So they introduced me to the smart, intelligent young boy. Little boy, you know. So, after talking and praying with them, the child, they were about to leave. So, I was walking them to the door. I picked one of the biscuit packs that uh, they had given to me and gave it to him. He said, Pastor, thank you. He said, What about the juice? <laughs> <laughs> That's eh? yeah. I like, uh, <laughs> He just collected the pastor, thank you. What about the juice? That's like you cannot give me biscuits without Amen. <laughs> so I said, Okay, juice. So the mother was embarrassed. She picked and said, the Pastor, don't worry, don't mind him, don't mind him. Don't mind. He said, No, the juice. She, so she carried him. And she was trying to take him out. You know, she didn't expect him to say that. So she was really embarrassed and she was trying to go with him. So um, I, she now said, don't worry. She will buy for him. So I said, your mommy will buy for you. He said, pastor, she will not buy. <laughs> 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 
pastor, she will not buy. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> so, well, the moral of it is that if you're a parent here, don't bring your children to a place where they will say, Pastor, they will not buy. <laughs> that brings me to an important announcement. We want parents to give, how much is the Bible now? Is this 600 naira? Where are the personas? Uh, we want to buy Bibles for the children. Your children. So we want you to buy Bibles for your children. So what we decided to do is that the parents will give the money. We'll buy the Bibles. We'll write their names. We'll keep the Bible in church. Amen. So when they come, they use it in church. I guess it's supposed to be 600, 500. I'm not sure of the amount now. So after the service today, if they meet you, just give for your children's Bible. They'll write your name and then they'll buy a Bible. Because if we say... Buy a Bible for your children. Mommy will not buy. Daddy will not buy. So we'll collect the money. We'll buy for the children. Amen. Alright, that's how, I don't know how we got here. Alright. Take away. Yes, take away. Every branch in me that bear not fruit, he taketh away. So if you read many Bible commentaries, <laughs> they say, that guy that is not bearing fruit, the Lord will take him away. And pastors like us, we like that kind of thing. You know, Lord, take him. <laughs> it's not useful on earth, it should be useful in heaven. Some of you that have refused to be sent leaders here, you'll be a mayor in heaven. <laughs> you would, every day you'll be doing semi Every day you'll be doing semi <laughs> For all the same meetings you missed. <laughs> so, now, most Bible commentaries refer to this taking, because, we, you know, when you understand what Jesus did in his dead, burial resurrection, there are certain things people will say to you, you know they don't understand what salvation is. Because to some people, salvation is that a man repented from his sins. Salvation is deeper than repentance. Amen. Amen. It's, it's, it's deeper than repentance. Salvation is not that um, I was smoking. Now I've stopped smoking. There are native doctors that have stopped smoking because the smoke is affecting their juju. Are you understanding me? It doesn't mean they are born again. Amen. There are ritualists that have stopped fornicating because to spoil the money they are making. It doesn't mean they are born again. Am I communicating? So, most of the time, when people hear about salvation, they don't understand what it means to be saved. I was talking to a group of people, and they're older Christians, you know, and they were talking about salvation. And I was shocked. This message that we bear, that we preach, you know, many people need to understand the gospel. I don't know if I share that story here of how I went to a certain church to preach. I think Shedak was with me, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, someone else was with me. You know, one of our pastor, you know, minister of the gospel that uh, follows our ministry was who followed me for that meeting. A church of maybe 200 persons or thereabouts, over 100 people. And I asked, if Jesus comes now, how many of you are sure you'll be saved? Apart from the people that came with me. 
Only the pastor stood up. Did the pastor's wife stand up? She didn't stand up. She stood, she stood up. The pastor's wife, the pastor, and one other man. The rest of the church, everybody, nobody stood up. So the question is, what are you doing here? Amen. Amen. So, are you guys what I'm saying? That means they don't even understand what it means to be born again. Because there's a theory that says that. And I don't know where people got that from. I heard it recently, just last week. That if you have unforgiveness for somebody, then Jesus just appears. Your own don't finish. Hello? Or you committed a sin. Just before you confess, Jesus just shows, wow. You are finished. If you want to know whether you'll be finished or not, come to church on Thursday. Amen. But let me explain something to you. It is because people don't understand what salvation really is. If the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus can be thwarted, amen, by such a thing, then it's a fluke, amen. Are you listening to me? It's a fluke. It's a fluke. And that's what we need to understand. I said a lot of this because I want to deal with this take it away. Take it away. It does not line up. Because some people say that any branch that bears no fruit, when we were younger, I actually heard someone preach this. That God will remove you from the kingdom. Amen. Because if you read down, he will say that the branches that he took away, he will throw in everlasting fire. Are you understanding me? So he will burn them since they are of no use. So, for example, now you that has not been coming for cell meeting, you are going to hell. Put it on camera. You are going to hell. Now, <laughs> you know, you know, I used to like yourself. Hell! <laughs> All right, you know, you're going to hell. So, you know, you're going to hell. And there are many Christians that are hell conscious more than they are heavenly conscious. It might even be somebody in this service now, you're just thinking about, hmm. Even as I'm calling out the source now, they say, ah, hello, hell, you know. No, that's not Christianity. That's not Christianity. That's not Christianity. So, this scripture was assumed that it meant that people that are not bearing fruit, they will be cast into the everlasting lake of fire. Then someone that said, no, 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 it's not like that, because they won't be thrown there. It's just that they will, go, they will die early and go to heaven. So, some people accepted that one. Okay. They will, they will die and go to heaven. But truly, that's not what the scripture is talking about. There is a little issue because of the Greek word that was used. Amen. It said, every branch in me that beareth not fruit. King James said, he taketh away. The Greek word there is arrow. It means he lifts it up. Amen. That's actually the rendering. Amen. Amen. So, I like how you are now. So that I can teach on this later. Amen. He will lift the vine. 
always looks for something to tie itself against. Are you understanding me? Okay? So, if it falls and doesn't have something to tangle with, it will not bear fruit. So, what they come to do is to pick it and put it up. Amen. So that it will bear fruit. Let me explain something to you. There is nowhere. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There's no place God has. Let me put it this way. There is no refuse dump that God has for those that are saved, that are still misbehaving. He doesn't have any refuse dump for them. Are you hearing me? He doesn't have anywhere to throw them. God is, salvation is that he's stuck with you. Now, are there consequences for not walking in the light of God's word? There are many. You will go through pain and unnecessary suffering. But when it comes to the wrath to come, the Bible said you have been delivered. Hello. You have been eternally delivered. There's a song we sing in this church based on Jude chapter 1. Remember that, Jude 1? He's able to keep me from falling. Rent me from falling. Remember the song? Okay, maybe we'll sing it after now. Put up that scripture. Let me show you Jude chapter 1. It should be 24 or thereabouts, but... Go to 24 streets, yeah. Let's read together. I want to go. Now unto him. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to those of you especially that came out to receive Jesus today. This is your scripture. Now unto him that is able to keep you from what? From falling. And to present you what? Faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Lift your right hand. Say, He will keep me from falling. Because He's able to keep me from falling. Listen, the reason you are not falling is not because <laughs> my leg is strong for ground. He is keeping you. It is His responsibility to keep you from falling and to present you what? Faultless. Amen. Faultless. The Bible said, with joy, exceeding joy. That means he will be excited to show, oh, look at, look at, I kept him. Have you not read the scripture where Jesus was saying that all that you gave to me, not one was lost, except the, that means it's not normal for one to be lost. Amen. You know, some people have a problem when you start talking about eternal security. Because they still have the mindset that you are giving people a license to do wrong. Listen, Kenneth E. Higgins said something, and I heard it for him for the first, he was the first person I heard it from. He said, people don't need a license to do wrong. They've been doing wrong before they got a license. Amen. Hello? They don't need a license to do wrong. But you see, we will not refuse to preach the truth because... Of how it sounds. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. It's the truth. 
He's able to keep you. He's able to keep you. He's able to keep you. He's able to keep you from falling. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. Receive that in your spirit. So, throughout this month, you have not been bearing fruit. He is coming to lift you to bear fruit. To help you to bear fruit. Glory to God. That's why some people cannot understand how they are very serious with God. Then somebody that they think is not serious with God is having results they can't explain. Are you understanding me? They kind of, they say, ah, you know, ah. Do you know there are some people that don't even look like believers? They don't look like believers. So others are offended. <laughs> I remember a young man in our first church, 2001, first church building. He came and met me after the service to report a sister. So he said, Pastor, did you not see what she wore? I said, I did not see it. And I asked, what did she wear? You know, I said, I had to ask other people, what did the sister wear? He said, you did not see it? I said, I, I didn't see it. So I said, imagine, what would she have worn? He now said, said describing it. It's a decent color with a this, with a that, messy description. So I now asked him, what did I preach today? Um, you were talking about, you were talking about something about he couldn't tell exactly what I said that day. But he could describe. Then he said, last Sunday too, she wore the other one. It's the one she wore in this other place. You know all the things that the sister is wearing. You must have interest. I said, I did not see. Amen. I did not notice. Glory to God. You know, listen to me. I wrote an article on religion versus truth. It was religion that killed Jesus Christ. Hello? And you know what? Religion always comes with the guise of correct correction. Is this how to sit down now and hear the word of God? No, no fear. I'm just using an example. <laughs> I'm the, I do an example. You understand? Uh, yes, okay. <laughs> so he thought I was, you know, is this how to sit down now and hear the word of God? As I said, the guy had to sit down well. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, boy. You know. Listen, the love of God, listen to what I want to say to you. The love, what made Jesus die was love. I hope you know that. It's love. When you get born again, the one of the ways to identify someone that is saved is the love he has for the brethren. Amen? When you have love, love does not have suspicion. It's not the suspicion you have for the brethren. Some brethren have suspicion for brethren. Hmm. 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 
That brother now, why is he here? Love for the brethren is what makes you see a brother and recognize that he might not be perfect, but he's a child of God. You see a sister, you recognize that she doesn't have it all put together, but she's a child of God. Is she born again? Yes. You will help her. Listen, don't ever criticize someone you never prayed for. If you've never prayed for them, don't come and talk to them. Are you hearing me? If you've never prayed for them, don't talk to them. So if you are here, you sit and say, they are doing that. Have you prayed for the person? Have you ever knelt and said, Father, that sister that's always wearing that skirt, that when she comes, I don't know what I'm doing again. Oh Lord, oh Lord, give her new skirts, Lord. You know? Are you understanding me? Pray for her. If you pray like that, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. That even when the opportunity comes and you get to talk to her, her heart will be open. Amen. You say, eh, okay, I didn't know. Okay, thank you. Rather than, you see, narrow is the way. <laughs> Amen. No. Are you hearing me? Be love-driven. Amen. Are we together? Be love-driven. So, the way you approach people, religion is always critical of people. Always critical of people. Always critical of people. Jesus never gave space to the Pharisees because of religiosity. Anytime they come around Jesus, he's healing somebody. What they're concerned about is today the correct day to heal. Is today not Sabbath day? So we should kill on Sabbath day. Glory to God. A religious guy came to church. And we had a wonderful service that day. And he went somewhere and said, you know, the thing about that Pastor TV guy. If I tell you, if he even just said he's a short guy, you know, I will be offended because it's truth. <laughs> but he said, you know, anything about church, he did not even read his Bible. He did not read Bible. So, so okay. So, but what did he preach? Hey, he was preaching about faith from uh, Hebrews 11 verse 1. Oh, you will remember the verse. <laughs> but he's looking for something to criticize. Okay, was somebody saved that day? Yes. Did someone get healed? Yes. Hey, there were even some people who got healed the Holy Ghost that day. So, what is your problem? Amen. That's a song will come to this church. Say, well, well, well. Mm, I'm just looking at the church. Well, they are trying. They are trying. It's just that, you know, they don't really sing hymns. <laughs> Amen. Buy your hymn and come. Amen. When we are doing praise, open a page and sing. You'll be fulfilled. Amen. Hallelujah. God loves you. I say God loves you. If you truly believe that God loves you, you will believe that God loves the other person too. Amen. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, God loves you. I believe God loves you. You know, you might not like your neighbor. 
It doesn't change the fact. Your likeness or dislike for the neighbor does not change God's love for the person. You know, when, when, when these things dawned on me years ago, you know, it, it helps me a great deal to know that whether I like the person or I don't like the person, God loves the person. I've seen people even on television, maybe preachers on television. Naturally, I don't like their style. But I recognize that God loves them. Amen. God has many children. Thank God you are not God. Because even in this church, you say, oh, you are going to heaven? You are not going. You, you are not going. You, you are going. You, you are going. You are going. Headmaster. Amen. Say, God loves me. No, do you believe God loves you? Now tell your neighbor, God loves you. Glory to God. Amen. Understand that. Understand that. And it changes how you function. Listen, never allow anybody put you in a place where you are thinking that God is angry with you. If you're born again, listen, this I'm talking about is for the believer. If you're not born again, you're, you're hanging. Amen. You're hanging on a long rope. Amen. But for the one that is born again, he has switched. Amen. He has switched. God loves him. I'm not saying God doesn't love the unbeliever. The unbeliever has not entered into the place of his love. Amen. He has not embraced the love of God. But you, you have embraced the love of God. Amen. And he's not planning to change his mind. Amen. God is not planning to change his mind about you. Get this. And that's why this year and this month, it will be possibilities and fruitfulness for you. He has ordained you to bear fruit. You are ordained to be fruitful. God is committed to your success. Say, maybe because I didn't come to church last Thursday. That's why all these bad things are, God is angry. He's putting leg in my way. Putting leg for me. (laughs) Amen. No, 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 no. Let me tell you how not coming to church affected you. God does not put leg for you. Not coming to church will make you not hear or receive the knowledge you need to work with. Are you listening to me? It's not that if you didn't come to church, God did not say, Ah, angel, shoot. And they won't catapult from heaven. Will come against you. That's not what happens. God is not a mafia boss. Say, take off his left finger. Remove his ear. Amen. And that's a picture many people have about God. Hallelujah. If you don't do what you are supposed to do, Satan might take advantage. Amen. Even at that, you will see that God will prompt your heart in ways that you can still have victory. Amen. So refuse to accept that the reason why you are not fruitful this month is because, is because I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking what it to be. You know, I, I was fasting, then I stopped fasting. That's why 
Listen. God loves you. Amen. He is committed to your fruitfulness this month. I say he's committed to your fruitfulness this month. Amen. Glory to God. Recognize that. Accept it. And run that way. You can never fulfill God's will in fear. No. You can only fulfill it in faith. Hello? And sometimes when we're teaching these things, some people are not hearing. So five years later, ten years later, they still don't understand the gospel. They still don't understand the gospel. Giving is a very important part of your faith. If you're a believer, you should give, you should sow your seeds, you should tithe, you should honor the Lord with your offerings. But not giving will not take you to hell. Hello? If today you say you will not give God any money again till Jesus comes, you will not go to hell. Are you hearing me? That's truth. You see, you are not going to church. You are not committed to church. God will not kill you. But you are harming yourself. Amen. Get that. So, you understand that. Some people don't understand that. What the New Testament is. They don't understand what it is. So, you see people that are in church here, raising their children in fear. Don't raise your children in fear. Hey, you did not wake up and pray this morning. You want God to punish you? You are telling children that. Who taught you that? Where is that in scripture? When some of us were young, when thunder strikes, we think that God is angry. Ah, God. God, if anybody has annoyed you. I understand. Why would children be thinking that? Associating thunder with God's anger. Amen. Are you listening to me? It's the fear that people put in them. It's the fear. Somebody was walking with his Bible and it fell from his hand. He went to meet his pastor to say, please, I've sinned. My Bible fell down. I've broken the word of God. The demon of religion is setting, you see, we are setting people free from that demon. Amen. It's a demon. It's a demon. That's why some people have not been able to recover from their sickness. Because there is something that they believe that they've not let go of. Don't raise your children in fear. Raise them to love God. And raise them with the understanding of God's love for them. A dear man of God, I'll end with this, was telling me, um, he's an older minister, he, he was talking to me some time back. So he said, you know, how he was raising his daughter. Everything good that happens at home, he will say, he, he maybe got a new car, or they moved to a new house. He said, Jesus has given us a new house. So from 
That's like, oh, Jesus. You know, so to her, Jesus is one that always does something good. Amen. Always does something good. That's the impression. That's the, how the child grew. In some other homes, Jesus. There's a movie once, She Who Must Be Obeyed. Jesus the He who must be obeyed. Ah, ah, ah. You are not eating your food. Jesus is coming. <laughs> Let him not come. Let me eat. Let me not come. That's how you are raising your children. What they used to call Ojuju in those days now is Jesus. <laughs> If you misbehave, I will take you to church. Please, please. <laughs> Thank God for this church. Children are happy to come to church. You see some of them, um, um, when they come down from the car, they are, they are happy. Wow, they are in church. Church is the best place to be in. That's how it's supposed to be. I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. They should be excited to come to church. It serves closeness now. They all want to be around. That's how it's supposed to be. So don't, when we're teaching them God's word here, don't take them home and say, you're just happy in the church. Do you know Jesus is coming soon? <laughs> Hallelujah. Bow your heads everywhere. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. You have sent us to bear fruit. You've appointed us to bear fruit. Our prayer today Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faith2faithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Thank you, the man.